Welcome to the show, Be Convinced, where I share life-changing stories of hope with you so that you can get a big dose of hope in just 30 minutes, and then you can spread hope too. I'm your host, Soraya Diasi-Kofeld. I'm an Ivy League-educated lawyer, former judge, small business owner, children's author, wife, and mother who is passionate about helping to improve your life and convincing you that there is indeed hope for a better future for ourselves and our children. Because of my diverse education and life experiences, I'm able to bring to you a wide variety of guests from millennials to senior citizens, all of whom share their passionate, life-changing stories of hope to inspire and motivate you. Each story is told by ordinary people, just like you and me, who went through different challenges in their lives and have been able to overcome them. Mother Teresa once said that one person alone cannot change the world, but one person can cast a stone across the water to create many ripples. I would like my podcast to do just that, create many ripples through many lives, including yours, as we hope for and achieve better. Please join me in a movement to spread hope and encouragement, not only to ourselves, but also our families and others. Please take a moment to follow my podcast on Apple or Spotify or your favorite podcast service and leave a rating and review. This is episode number 52. My guest is Marnie Swedberg, an amazing woman who has dedicated her life to serving God and making an impact on lives in many different ways including as a keynote speaker for organizations all over the world, mentoring thousands of leaders worldwide, hosting her own radio talk show, and writing 13 books. As if that was not enough, she also founded a network of Christian women speakers. Her goal is to help people be filled with hope, courage, and clarity, all based on Christian principles. You'll be inspired by her personal story and her words of wisdom for becoming a vessel that God can use. Please stay tuned. My passion has always been to spread the love of books and promote the importance of literacy in a child's life. My passion inspired me to write a series of five faith-based children's books about our favorite holidays from a Christian's perspective, Easter, Fourth of July, Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. My books are filled with colorful illustrations and lots of humor because children love to laugh. All proceeds from book sales go to the nonprofit foundation as the Stars of the Sky Foundation to help promote literacy. To purchase my books, please visit asastarsofthesky.org or your favorite online bookseller. Thank you. Thank you for joining me in another episode of Be Convinced, where we're sharing life-changing stories of hope. And my guest today is Marnie Swedberg, and I'm so honored to have Marnie with us today. And I'd like to start off, before we begin the interview with her, with a quote that really I find applies to Marnie and all that she does. And the quote is from one of my favorite poets, Maya Angelou. I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. So welcome, Marnie. I'm so impressed with all your background and your desire to leave people feeling very hopeful. 
Well, thank you. It's so great to be here, Soraya. Yes. Marnie, you have such an extensive background. I don't want to ask you, tell us all about it. But I know I read that you've had in your background fires, floods, a tornado, car wrecks, business setbacks, a burglary, lightning strike, ambulance rides, and much, much more. So you you are you are you have been for many years a Christian leadership mentor. You you're the author of thirteen books. You host your own radio talk show. You're a keynote speaker, and you've as I mentioned, you've, you've mentored rather thousands of leaders. So what I want to do is give the audience a background for you how you came from all your history of fires, floods, et cetera, to what you are doing. So I'll leave it open for you. Well, thank you. And it's so fun to be here. You have done so much in your life too. And I know even all you guys who are listening, you have done a lot in your lives. You have experienced a lot in your lives. And one of the things that I like to talk about is how to reduce drama and trauma. And our lives are full of opportunities to really uh, dive right into drama and trauma and live there. And when you listen to my list, I could definitely just live there. I could live there, but I choose not to live there. I choose to believe that God is love, that he is present with me, that he is helping me, that he is filling me with joy if I let him. And so all of, all of these things, you know, most of the things that you listed off occurred during my adult life. And, but as a child, I struggled through school. I could barely read the whole time. I barely graduated. Even one month before graduation, they weren't sure they were going to let me walk. I just, it was just really a struggle all the time. And what I think is that God uses our greatest weaknesses to make greatest strengths, but God also uses our greatest strengths to keep us humble with our greatest weaknesses. So it's all kind of like this combination of things that come together to make a whole person. And I love your show title, Soraya, Be Convinced. So what is it that you're wanting people to be convinced about? Just restate it for us right now. Yes, I want them to be convinced that there is hope for the future and not to give up. Right. And, and not to give up, not to uh, focus, as you mentioned, on the negative, on all the afflictions that each one of us goes through, but to be convinced that there is indeed hope and we, we will have a better future. Because if we, as you mentioned, we just focus on the negative that has happened in our, our lives, we all have a lot of trauma, uh, me included. So I, I'm just so... Uh, impressed with all that you've accomplished. And I think you had mentioned to me previously that you actually did have growing up dyslexia. Yes, I did. And then my youngest son had dyslexia as well. And that was something my father had passed along down, but just so, so problematic. It's really, it's really challenging. And like I said, I really didn't learn how to read proficiently like read for pleasure until I was an adult. I was busy sounding out words the whole time. And then as we had children, I really did not want them to have the school experience I had, which was I was kind of just pushed through. And really, I mean, people tried, they did try. But then I had my own kids and I thought I'm going to homeschool them. And I'd be the last person you want to have homeschooling your kids because I didn't do so well in school. But I just trusted God and I really had a heart to do it. And my first two, they just learned how to read with no trouble at all. (laughs) 
But then my third child, he really struggled kind of, I re, he reminded me of me. He was really trying and he was really not getting it. And God just gave me an answer at that time that turned everything around. And it was called, it's called the Lynn Bell Mood System, L-Y-N-B-E-L-L, Mood System. And it's to help people who can't read, learn how to read. And so I took a short training on that. Um, God provided that. And then what happened was I realized during that training, so now my youngest is in third grade. So I'm way, you know, in my thirties somewhere. And I learned. Yeah. why I didn't know how to read, Sraya. Oh, yes. yes. And as I was going through this system, I thought, well, I didn't understand that. Well, I didn't know that. Well, I couldn't do that. Well, I didn't realize this. And it was like, all of a sudden, the awareness was there. And I was able to read even better than I had been able to earlier as an adult. What I learned from all of that is that life is such a process and it's a journey. And if you say, I'm not going to do something until everything's perfect, until I'm just awesome at it. You're never going to get anything done. You never, have to just never. start where you are, take what you got, do the best you can with God right there with you, helping Certainly. you, mm-hmm. and then just trust that he's going to use you for exactly what he created you to do. Yes. Yes. And you had a lot of hope and you persevered. <laughs> That's so important. You can't give up. As I keep saying, I'm so impressed <laughs> with all that you've done. Mm. And then you not only you've written 13 books, but you you are the founder and director of womenspeakers.com. And that's a Christian-based organization for Christian women who want to yeah. be speakers. So if you could tell us, how did that originate? How did you get that idea? It- you know, it's kind of interesting what's bubbling up for me to talk about that today is mm-hmm. is what God did immediately after he gave me the idea. So, yes. uh, yeah. So in 2002, my first book had come out in 1996. And at that point, I started being invited for TV and uh, speaking and all that kind of stuff as an author typically is. And then in 2002, I was minding my own business, going along my life, and in my head came a blue clickable U.S. map. I saw this blue map of yeah. the U.S. states, and in my mind, if if the mouse or the finger would hover over a state, it would like pop up like it was clickable. And I was like, what is that doing in my head? And God just explained to me over a period of time, God explained that this was for the smaller churches. So the big mega churches, they were able to fly in a speaker from California, from a bureau or whatever to do their major women's events. But you've got all these smaller churches who don't have any, they don't know who to invite to speak for their conferences or their mother daughter tea. And so he said, this is a, this is something I want you to do. I want you to fix this. So you make this website, womenspeakers.com and you let the, the planners come and find speakers there. And I was like, I have no idea how to do that. Like I, I don't know how to do that. And at the time, I knew a tiny bit of HTML coding because for Marnie.com, I had I had done my own coding there. And so and it was a very, website, yeah, it was a very yeah. simple site, but I knew just the most basic. And he's like, well, I'm going to help you make it so that you can have one speaker there, you. 
and then I'll take you from there. Well, immediately, I barely got it up and speakers and planners started finding it. And I needed help because this thing was just a disaster as far as the coding size of, yeah. side of it was. It was a mess. And so a, a, a lady said, I will come. I will volunteer to help you. And I'm like, wonderful, because this is killing me. So time consuming. But I figured out as I was doing the step-by-step instructions for her to add one speaker was like 80 some individual steps that you had to do yes. to add one speaker yes. to the directory. Yes. Oh my <laughs> this goodness. is way back, you know? Yes, so, yes. so anyway, almost um, 20 God, years ago. Yes. Next oh, year is 20 yes. years. I can't believe anyway. So going along and then within just a few months, God said to me, I need you to stop speaking now unless it's a pinch hit situation where the planner has planned, everybody's done their thing, but at the last minute, for some reason, the speaker gets sick or has a death in the family or some reason can't go. That's when I want you to speak, Marty. Otherwise, you have to say no to every engagement. Now, Soraya, this was like death to me. I love to go speak. That's just one of my passions. God created me to do it. It comes naturally to me. I just love it. Anyway, and I was like, well, I guess probably I'm just going to be busy doing that then. Well, no, actually the, the speaking engagements went way down and it was like, I don't know what's going on, but God did because just after that, he had my husband desire to buy a restaurant. And so I didn't know that. And I didn't know that I would be managing the restaurant, yes. but I was. And so then after that, four years later, he decided he would buy a retail store. And this was a huge undertaking. And then pretty soon I was managing that. And so for 10 years, Raya, all I got to do with this vision that was right down my alley yes. to, to match all these speakers, all I got to do is the matching part. I didn't get to go speak hardly ever. Yes. And I had to just kind of die to that dream that whole time. Yes. Be faithful doing what God was having me do next. And now at the end of that 10 years, now we're quite a ways past that even, but at the end of that, then what happened is I came out with all of this entrepreneurial skill. Certainly. So I'd had sales and sales management skills before, but I didn't have the entrepreneurial skills that I got during those 10 years. Yes. Yes. And now when I travel all around the world, I include it in when I'm doing these Christian women's conferences, I usually do a business women's conference. And I teach these gals in usually very impoverished nations how to start their own businesses or run their own businesses. And now I couldn't have done that. I couldn't have done that except for all the drama and trauma of having to say, no, I don't get to go speak anymore unless it's a crisis. Then I get to step into the crisis and solve it. But otherwise, I just get to stay home and work at our businesses. I wanted to tell that story right now that's bubbling up. Somebody needs to hear that today because the bottom line is that we have a picture of how our life is going to look and God has a different picture. It's not because he didn't put the picture inside of us. He did put the picture inside of us, but the picture inside of us is in puzzle pieces. He's got the cover. (laughs) So, So the way we reduce drama and trauma isn't that we get rid of drama and trauma. It's not going to happen. You're still going to have fender benders. You're going to lose your keys. You're going to have people in your life that you love die. It's going to happen. There's going to be drama and trauma. So how do we reduce it? We reduce it by recognizing that it's all part of God's beautiful plan for our lives. That's James 1. And that's what we have to be convinced about. Yes. And uh, I went to the website womenspeaker.com and there yeah. is a blue map of the United There's States. There's a blue clickable map. 
Yeah, so the vision <laughs> is a reality. And yes. I, when we talked before in preparation for the recording today, uh, we decided that we would talk about one of your books. As Again, mm. you've written 13 books. And well, I, I'd like to focus today on one of them, which is titled Flow Through Vessel, How to Master the Habit of Letting God Flow Through You. And it's... And as you mentioned, it's dealing with painful situations that we've been talking about already. So tell me why you wrote that book. You know, the reason that I write books is because people ask me a specific question. How do you do blank? And then what I do is I just recommend the book that I would recommend. So like, for example, I do a time management training at my website, but I haven't written a whole book about it. It's like a boot camp that I do. If I'm going to tell you to read a book about it, I'm going to say, go get Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week and study that. Because I don't think I could have written a book better than that. And it says almost everything I would tell you. So go do that. If I can't find the book that explains how I'm doing something, then I write the book. And so I'm kind of what yes. you would call a backdoor author. So I don't sit around thinking of titles of new books at all. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> anyway, God had a book in my head that I was thinking toward writing in response. And one day uh, at the time, my husband and I, we were living in Northern Minnesota and we would drive to an indoor pool in the morning and swim laps. So I was just swimming my laps and I was just talking to God while I was swimming my laps in the pool. And then I was talking to him about this book project that, you know, I hoped that I could get to sometimes soon. And, and he's like, yeah, but first you have to write the flow through vessel book. And I was like, what flow through vessel (laughs) book? (laughs) That was news to me. And he's like, you know, the one about the straw and about the sunglasses and about the glasses. And I'm like, yeah, but is that a book? So these are things that I have lived and I just know in my head and I know in my heart and I know from experience, but I had never thought of it as a book. So the next day I flew somewhere um, to do something. I can't remember if I was speaking or going to a buyer show or I don't even remember. I was on the plane and there was a lady who was sitting, there was an empty seat between us and a lady next to that me on that side by the window. And so I was, I had finally, when I sat down and got buckled in and I, we could open our laptops and I took mine out and I just started just as fast as I could. It was just like a download of all the ideas about writing this book. And so I was just writing furiously, just, you know, I had looked and said hi to her at the beginning of the flight, but then I was hundred percent focused. And then my computer battery died and it was no big deal. I hadn't lost anything, but, but I was just like, well, okay, I guess I'm done doing that. So I put my computer down and I looked over and she was just looking at me and I said, it died, ran out of batteries. And she goes, (laughs) what have you been working so hard on? And I said, well, I just have an idea. I'm an author and I have an idea for a new book and I've got all these ideas. I just needed to get out of my head and onto paper. She said, well, what's your book about? And I said, I know. And I said, well, it's about being a flow through vessel for God, because most of us really get this wrong. Like if let's say that we were, um, our lives were like a cup, a big um, maybe cup that you get at a drive through restaurant. A lot of things could be in that cup. But in the end, when a person puts the straw in the cup and sucks on it, what do they get? Do they get what's in the cup or do they get something else? They always get what's in the cup. Yes. Well, let's say that that's my life and I'm the straw. So I get to pick as a straw, I get to pick what I'm into. So am I going to be plugged into God or am I going to be plugged into rage 
or am I going to be plugged into the best I can do? Or what am I going to be plugged into? And then when other people sip on my life, when they come through and even suck me dry, whatever, uh, what are they going to get? Are they going to get the best I can do? Are they going to actually get the living God? And so I said, the, the thing is that most of us misunderstand what we've been called to do. We think we're supposed to produce everything in the cup. Yes. uh And we're not. We're just supposed to be the straw. This lady next to me in the airplane, she throws her hands up in the air. She leans back in her seat and she said, you have just changed my life. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Wow. If I wasn't sure I was supposed to write it before, I was then. (laughs) Yes, yes. And and that's a God encounter for sure. It was. It totally was. Yeah. So tell us, what are the hidden reasons that we may hesitate taking God up on this amazing offer of being a flow through vessel. Yeah. I have a whole section in the book on trust issues and there's actually, there's actually a test you can take on this, which is kind of fun because I, even people that have walked with God their whole lives and really trust God a lot. A lot of them will go through this and say, wow, I am failing (laughs) at this. So they're succeeding in a couple of ways. So I can I just share right now the six ways, the six levels of trust we have with a human boss? Certainly. So this is your employer or maybe um, someone that you have to answer to. So the first level of trust is that you don't trust him at all. You're like working for him, but uh, yeah, I don't like that person and I don't trust him. The second level is that the boss is trusted, but with caution. I think they might be a good guy. I just don't know yet. And then number three is the boss's opinion is occasionally trusted. So you've been given your work to do, but you're going to do it your own way. But if you have a question, you might go and you might take their word for it or may not. Uh, You're going to still have to just figure that out on your own. Okay. Then number four is they're trusted to help me succeed at work. So this boss is part of your workday life and you actually do trust them. They know what they're doing. They've been mm-hmm. successful. They're good to you. And so you do have a good trust relationship at work. At work, yes. And then number five is the boss is trusted to help me serve others. So not only is he in it to make sure that I'm making money and that I'm okay, but he's actually concerned about the whole team and he wants me to join him in that concern Certainly. and look out for my coworkers and look out for the customers and like that. Okay. And then yes. the sixth level is that the boss is trusted both at work and personally. Now, this is the boss that you become friends with, and you actually invite that boss over into your home. They actually become the godparent of your children, whatever it is. They are completely involved in your life, and you trust them. They love you. They are trustworthy. Yes. Now, when it comes to trusting God, we've got all these levels available to us with him as well. And what we find is that we have reasons because people have failed us. Maybe our father has failed us. And in life, we build up these walls. We say, I'm only going to trust just so much. Yes. That's and true. we apply that to God too, because he's an authority figure. Yes. Sir. And so we come into this relationship with some of these walls up and we don't even know, we don't even know we put them up, but they're there. So let me just real quick go through these stages with God. Number yes. one, don't trust God at all. I don't even think there is a God. Okay. There's people that are there, right? Okay. Number two. God is trusted, but only as a last resort. You're in the foxhole. You're going to get killed, whatever it is. And you're like, God, if you get me out of this, 
I'll serve you forever, whatever you say. And that's God trusted. But as a last resort, you weren't going to do it otherwise. And number three is God's opinion is occasionally invited. So you're mostly when you're talking to God, you're mostly telling him what you need. But every once in a while, you just think, I wonder what God would think about that. And you either pull out your Bible or you listen to a sermon on it, or you ask a Christian friend, but it's not something you normally do because you don't really trust God's opinion that much. You just like every once in a while, you just have this question you really need an answer to, and then you'll bother look up God. Okay. Number four is God is trusted to flow through me for me. Now I'm viewing him as the content of my life, the content of my cup. And I'm going to say, you know, as far as it depends on me, I'm going to trust that you're going to take care of me, God. Maybe I'll even trust that you've got my eternity well in, 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 because of what Jesus did on the cross, I'll trust you for that. And um, maybe I'll trust you for my finances. And maybe I'll even trust you to help me be at peace during difficult times. I can trust you for me, but I don't want to tell, like, I don't want to tell anybody else about this. This is good for me, but like, I don't know if I can trust you with somebody else. And then number five is God is trusted to flow through me for others. Now I have moved along and I've seen God answer prayer on my behalf enough times that I know he's trustworthy. And so then I'm like, you know, I see that you have a need, my dear friend. Can I pray for you? We even take a friend into confidence and trust of God. And we share it beyond just our own needs. And then the final one is God trusted to use me for his delight. Now, this is the final one. And this is where you've got to be convinced if you're actually going to have a peaceful and joyful life through all the drama and trauma that's happening around us all the time, you actually have to be convinced that you exist to be his delight. Wow. Yes. That's a way level up it's so of beautiful. trust. Yeah. It's so beautiful and it's yes. so freeing. Yes. But because of all of our junk that we have in our memories and we've seen we've seen people in power abuse the people underneath them. You know, we have in in America, we have a saying that goes power is something and but ultimate power is the worst, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Corrupts, right? Okay, so you're a judge. Corrupts, you know, yeah, corrupts absolutely. <laughs> power yes. corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So, yes. in the back of our little tiny brains that God gave us, thank you, God, for our brains. We have this thinking that if God is really all powerful, then He must be all corrupt. So, to trust Him completely is a level of faith that most even Christians never really get to. Yeah, but so any. True. Moment that we live there is a moment where we're experiencing a taste of heaven on earth. Any moment where we're living at level one, where in this situation or overall, I don't trust you at all, we are experiencing a taste of hell on earth, life without God. Yeah. Yes. 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 So beautifully said. And how, how can we develop a habit of allowing God to use us as a vessel? I think the very first thing is to just become aware of the reality, to become convinced of the reality that he never wants our performance ever. That is not at all what he's about. What he is about is us staying submerged in him and letting him flow through us for our own benefit and the benefit of others. 
And even yeah. for his delight. Yeah. So I tell this story in a, a different book called Feeling Loved. I tell this story. It's an analogy. I tell the story of little Johnny. And one Saturday morning, little Johnny's daddy comes into his bedroom and he's about four years old. And he wakes Johnny up and he says, Johnny, today I'm going to build a shed. Do you want to be my helper? Well, little Johnny's up and out of bed and he's strapping on his toy yes. tool, tool yes. belt. He is up for this project. And all day long, daddy works with, with little Johnny next to him there. And little Johnny is more trouble than he's worth. He's asking questions. He's knocking over the bucket of nails. He is in the way underfoot undoing yes. what daddy just yeah. did. And at the end of the day, when the shed is all built, the two of them stand back together with their arms crossed and look at the shed and daddy looks down at little Johnny and he says, wow, that looks great. I couldn't yes. have done it without you, buddy. And little Johnny looks up and says, I know. And then daddy <laughs> says, <laughs> then daddy says, let's go for ice cream. That is our heavenly father. He doesn't ever need us to do anything. That's so true. He invites us to partner in what he's doing. He picks up our messes. He loves the questions and the interaction. He is he's all about the relationship. And at the end of the day, when we're so full of pride about this thing we did with him, he's forgiving. And then beyond that, he's going to give us an eternal reward just because we yes said, yes, we'd do it with him. And when you said, how do we learn how to do this? It's just by changing our minds and saying, I don't have to perform. I could never perform for God. It says in the Old Testament, my righteousness is filthy rags. In other words, my very best is like a four-year-old's best compared yes. to God. Yes. Nothing. Yes. I mean, just really not too useful. Yes. But because God is God and because he is love and because he created, Soraya, he created you. He created me, every listener. He created you. In a particular way, I always say when he strung together your three billion pair of DNA, he did it in a particular way, and he is madly in love with you. Yes, and again, beautifully said. And for those of us who are not necessarily type A personalities, but really <laughs> driven yes. to accomplish this journey that God has set before us, mm -hmm. and... And I'm one of those people. <laughs> so, yep, absolutely. You know, you know, we want, I want to achieve, and others want to achieve what God has set for yes, us to do. Right. But then we can get caught up in this everyday yes. achieving and we lose the whole perspective. What do you say to those of us that do that? Mm -hmm. In the book, Flow Through Vessel, I spend quite yes. a bit of time talking about habits because we misunderstand that God gave us the mental capacity to develop habits is what keeps us alive. I mean, Certainly. we do not have the capacity to make all of those choices fresh and new every single day. We don't. And so we develop good habits. We brush our teeth. We, you know, we, we wash our hands. We, we have all these good habits in place. And so then what happens is since we were teeny tiny, and all you have to do is look at a two-year-old, a two-year-old is extremely independent by nature. From the time we're tiny, we're learning how to become independent of our parents. Right away, before two, we've learned the phrases, me, mine, no, do it my way. 
<laughs> so when we come to realize that Christ wants to do it through us and that what he's really not looking for is all of that whole performance thing we've been learning how to do our whole lives. What he's really looking for is for us to be dependent on him and to let him flow it to us and through us. So that not only does it have benefit now, but it has benefit forever. It goes through, There's. it says in the Bible, there's a fire we go through before we get into heaven. And everything we did on our own is just burned up, but everything we did through Christ makes it through. It's like this beautiful picture of why wouldn't I want to live like that? But then I have this raging habit of doing it myself. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it's like, it's like really hard. So I use the analogy with habits of pasta noodles, like a, a spaghetti noodle. And if you were to take a whole two pound box of spaghetti noodles, yeah. and you were to try to break that, it would not work. Now there's only hundreds of strands of spaghetti in that box. You've got millions of spaghetti strands of independence going on. Yes. Right. Since you were two. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So basically, when we begin this process of letting God flow through us, we have to recognize that he's patient and that we have to be patient with the process of turning from being our own willful, strong, determined uh, individual separate from God to becoming this this useful vessel, this partner, this collaborator with God. And even to say those words seems absolutely astounding to me. Yes. Why would God bother to work with a four-year-old? Why? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> but it's because he loves us. And, and, and this is why, this is why the Bible talks so repeatedly about how much God hates pride. And how much he loves humility. Every time you take one or 10 of those pasta noodles and you break it and you say, what would you want me to do today? Or how would you want me to respond in this moment? Or, whoa, I'm over my head. Help, 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 help. Anytime that we reach out to God at all, which is the prayer without ceasing thing the Bible talks about, interact without ceasing. Anytime we do that, we're breaking those pasta strands of independence and we're building a beautiful, peaceful, loving, joyful dependence on God. And in that, we're able to rise above car wrecks and burglaries and lightning strikes and tornadoes and hospitalizations and surgeries and ambulance rides and sudden death in the family and everything else you have had in your life. (laughs) So it's all about, it's all about staying in the presence of Jesus and letting him flow through us instead of staying as far away from him as we can, or trying to perform our way into his good graces. Both of those won't work. (laughs) Thank you so much, Marnie. had so many Mm. words of wisdom for us today. I could talk to you for quite (laughs) a long time and just listen to all that you have to say. Uh, You speak so wisely. And mm. I really appreciate you being on my podcast. And for the listening audience, how can they find out more about you? Oh, well, my website is easy to remember. It's yes. my name, Marnie, Marnie, M-A-R-N as in Nancy, I-E, Marnie.com. And then, of course, if you need a Christian woman speaker or you are a Christian woman speaker, find us over at womenspeakers.com. Yes. Thank you for all you do and for your time today. Have a wonderful oh, rest of your day. Thanks, Raya. So delightful to be here. Thank you for joining me on my show, Be Convinced, as we share with you life-changing stories of hope. Please visit my Facebook page, Be Convinced VI, and like and follow me. 
I post weekly about upcoming radio shows and podcasts. Please also visit my website at sorayadiasikofelt.com, where you will be able to read more about me and access my podcasts, which are all designed to give you a big dose of hope in just 30 minutes. Let's contemplate on what the great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said. Use me, God. Show me how to take who I am, who I want to be, and what I can do, and use it for a greater purpose than myself. <music>